Welcome to Power Up Your Business Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Jones. And in this episode, we speak with Corey King, Director of SJM Plumbing based on the Gold Coast. Now, Corey's story is definitely one of sink or swim. Corey and his three brothers had to jump in and start to manage and operate the family business in 2016 when unfortunately their father got diagnosed with terminal cancer. Now, Corey and his brothers, they were tradies in the business, being an apprentice, coming through to be tradies. All they knew about was the job. All they knew about was getting things done on site. And it was a massive eye-opener and transition to Corey, who was ill-prepared to manage a business. And pretty quickly, he got constantly snowed under and close to burnout by spending big days on the job and then also having to spend a lot of hours on the business in the office, which he had no idea about. And ultimately, being busy for a number of years, Corey and his brothers doing a lot of good work, a lot of good turnover, but unfortunately, there was no profit in what they were doing. They didn't know what to measure. So really hear how Corey, over the past 12 to 24 months, really immersing themselves in the Power Up program and really being open to change. Now, Corey's done a great job of getting out of the comfort zone, what we term getting out of the comfort zone and getting uncomfortable, getting Corey off the site where he's comfortable, getting uncomfortable, focusing on the business. And the really great thing what Corey's done, he's been able to drive the business by actually doing less and driving accountability by focusing on the one percenters. So Corey started to use the numbers and the data to make educated decisions as opposed to just working off gut feel. One key aspect and really credit to Corey is that he's invested heavily in training his team, okay, really ensuring that they understand the expectations of the rules of their game, really allowing his team to own it and buy in to the values and the key behaviours of that team. And what that's done is it's allowed to allowed the team to make changes in their own decision-making, which ultimately has enabled Corey to cut the overtime bill significantly. And the result, well, over the past period, revenue increase of 25%. Corey and his brothers are now driving a $2 million plus annual business, which is great. But importantly, the bottom line, a massive 471% operating profit increase from a loss previously now to getting money in the bank, now to getting a return on that investment of blood, sweat and tears as the owner. And Corey's stress is down. And importantly, confidence is up. Corey, as a leader, his confidence is growing. Team ownership is growing. The quality of clients are up because now starting to say no to those D-class clients, those clients that waste time but deliver no profit. So this is a great story, one of definitely resilience, definitely one of that sink or swim, having to just take the reins and go with it and learn on the run. So really enjoy this. I hope you really enjoy this story. Cheers, everyone. You're here to change your life. Because there's too much on the line, you're sacrificing shitload now and your family need to benefit. You've got to make learning a passion for yourself. The clicker for me, come to realise that, hey, got to get better at business. Great to have Corey King from SJM Plumbing Services on the Gold Coast, jumping on board, MD of the business. Welcome, Corey. Thanks, Mark. It's good to be here. Awesome. And obviously, you've got a great story to share. And I know a lot of listeners and other trading businesses will really resonate with your story. Just to give you a bit of background, you know, where you got to today. So 
you are now running a family business and essentially it was about 2016, about four years ago, you and obviously then your three brothers as well took over the operation of the business? Yeah, so my dad becomes sick, got diagnosed with terminal cancer. That sort of forced us to reevaluate everything. So yeah, me and my three brothers decided to take on the business and help keep continue running the business while he was going through treatment and everything like that. We had about 13 people employed at that time, so and we didn't want to just shut everything down and let everything go. So yeah, we sort of took over the business, got got started. Yeah, just continued on from what he already had operating. Because the business had been going at that stage, you're about 20-odd years, correct? Yeah. At that time, were all four of you, you know, yourself and your three brothers, were you all working in the business as well at the time? We did, yeah. So I started my apprenticeship in 2001 and, yeah, I've worked the whole time for, for dad. I probably I had a, about a two-year break. I went overseas for a couple of years and come back, but, yeah, always done plumbing with him. Same with my three brothers. Yeah, once they, came, they all came out of school, yeah, they started their apprenticeships. So, so, yeah, we've all worked in the company for a long time. And primarily the four of you were just mainly on the tools, correct? You are more sort of driving the, the jobs, not so much in the management realm at that stage. Is that right? You were more sort of making it happen on site? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So I guess you could say, yeah, we were sort of like lead hands. I ran a fair portion of the maintenance side of the company at that point little bit of new construction work as well but more lead hands that did the majority of everything else with that transition then like how was that like obviously the news right like the news that dad was sick and then how did you you know you and your brothers process that to say okay let's take it let's just keep the keep the legacy going how did you process that and work through that it was extremely hard because at the same time we were sort of because dad had been diagnosed with terminal cancer he'd been given 12 months that was sort of we had to deal with that and then it was had to basically show up for work on monday and like we had quite a lot of work on at that stage we were yeah 13 people so there was a lot of a lot of different moving parts a lot of construction jobs a lot of maintenance work on contracts are already in place so we were halfway through so we didn't want to sort of just close all that down and let it all go by the wayside financially as well because we thought that would be another stress that dad would have to deal with so it's pretty important for us to carry that on and have him see that before he sort of passed away and see that we were okay as well like we were going to be fine so yeah it was pretty important to me 100 percent. and obviously yeah, for your dad to give him that peace of mind knowing that you know he set the family up and the brothers up right with a with a going concern and the business is still viable and that yeah he's not worrying about your financial security it's amazing how yeah, you go down one track and then pretty much overnight, it's like, right, you guys now are going to have to run the business. And how was the process then between the four of you to really come to the decision where, okay, Corey, you're going to be the MD, you're going to manage the business now, and then the three other brothers essentially still the leading hands. How did that sort of come about? How did you – was that just a natural sort of selection process between you and your brothers or was there a bit of a dialogue or some discussions there? It was just like, no, nah, it's all yours. Yeah, so at that stage, I was um, sort of managing the maintenance side of things anyway in the business, and I probably had the most experience on the actual business side of it. And it was always sort of an intention to take over that role within the company, but it was 
yeah, probably it got pushed along a lot quicker. But yeah, we basically sat down, had a bit of a meeting and discussion and said, look, this is a situation. I'm happy to step up to the plate and manage the company and everything like that. But I, yeah, it has to all come from like you have to have one sort of person steering the ship. And then we sort of developed a business structure sort of thing roughly through that. The guys sort of became more lead hand sort of set up. The first 12 months, we just, we had a lot of work lined up already. So it was kind of just get stuck in and it sort of changed on my part quite a lot just with invoicing and stuff like that. But we've got Alexis in the office. She'd been with the company for seven years or eight years at that stage. So that was really helpful because we didn't have to show anybody that side of it. It was all, yeah, we sort of worked really well together. So made it a lot easier. She could fit straight in that role. Yeah, we didn't sort of really change staffing-wise. Things didn't change too dramatically. It was just sort of my position moved from being on the tools into the office. I sort of started three days a week, four days a week, and then I'd try and do on the tools at the same time. But it, it was a huge workload. It was, yeah. And we've been you know, working together and we've been assisting over the last two or so years, correct, Corey, over that time. And I know personally you've done really well to – because, look, overnight you had to, as you mentioned, you've gone from the tools to the office. Trying to process that when you've been hardwired to be working on the tools all the time, you know, getting the job done, being busy, a lot of time being reactive as well, to then being thrown in the office environment where, you know, you've got to sort of slow down a bit, be more proactive. And how did you sort of process the fact that where were you best served? So where the value for the organisation that you could deliver, where were you best served? Now, meaning often business owners and and people running their business, they think they're still best served by just being on the job and making things happen on the job. They still don't understand that their best position is to be spending at least quality time in the office, looking at the numbers, looking at the team, looking at you know relationships. Are they steering the ship, cash flow, and other things like that? How is that transition between yeah being that firefighter and really being busy all the time to actually slowing down and working on the fundamentals of business? How is that? It's been a real challenge. It's been pretty hard because it's you just have that. Like as a trader, natural, oh, I can go and fix that sort of thing. I'll go out and I'll, I'll help the guys on site. That's where they need the help. They're really busy. But then things fall by the wayside that you don't really notice in the office and stuff. Like then all of a sudden cash flows slows up because you haven't sent up like a heap of invoices. Like your money's owed. The jobs just aren't adding up and you sort of so busy focusing on doing the job. but. Put the are we actually making any money to the side because it sort of doesn't seem as important. You're trying to keep the customer happy, keep everyone happy, but it's been a massive learning curve. Like, yeah, to really sort of step back and assess everything. Because that classic scenario, like in that trading mindset, where yeah, that's what we build on. It's just like, well, I'm busy. I'm, I'm got heaps on, so I must be doing okay. We've got heaps in front of us. There's a lot happening. I don't need to worry about the numbers. They'll just take care of themselves. Let's just get it done. Haven't got time to invoice. Haven't got time to make sure how, are we getting paid. Haven't got time to make sure you know the guys being productive. Just let's just get stuff done, and that's that common thing where, as you sort of touched on, where when we're on the tools on the site, we see what gets done in the day. Yeah, you get there in the morning, and then at the end of the day, there's a drain laid, or you get there in the morning, and at the end of the day, it's all been fitted off, or it's all been roughed in, and, and the walls are up. Correct. You can physically see it. The thing with business, there's a, there's a lag effect where. You don't see it immediately a problem, okay? It's that it just creeps up on you. By not invoicing every day, you don't see an immediate impact. 
there's a lag of then, but you're going to have that lag effect where there's going to be no cash in a month's time or a couple of weeks' time. And then you start to go, well, how did this happen? And this is a thing where as a tradie, you can't fix that quickly. As you mentioned, like when you're a tradie, you can quickly get in there, fix it, broken, done, awesome. But this is where a lot of business owners get really frustrated because their, their tendency and their skill set is to get stuff done and fix it quickly. But with business, if you take you off the ball, if you get in the red in your cash flow, it may take you like a month to get in the red from a cash flow perspective, but it may take you six months to get out of that red or 12 months to get out of that red with no cash in the bank. So, and that's the thing which we really stress, stress time. Again, this is where a lot of business owners really struggle with the fact that because they see something on site, they've got to be there and they, and they see something happening. But in the office, because they're not seeing it, it's not, they don't appear to be urgent, but it's critically important and they let it slide. But that's when it gets hard because then when you do get in that stressful situation, correct, Corey, it's hard to then turn it around and change it, right? You can't just change things like you can on a job. Yeah, that's right. And sort of we experienced that last financial year and a little bit the year before. We were sort of flat out. We had heaps of work on. We didn't have to chase work. It just all just kept rolling in because we do a lot of work for new builds. So there was just always new projects coming in. Did like a bit of quoting, but weren't competing for work and stuff like that. And then head down, going flat out, and then just work slowed up, just dried out finished a couple of large projects and then we had probably seven, eight months of in the red continuous and it was just caught us out by surprise. The market in new home sales did dive a little bit, but we definitely weren't prepared for it. And yeah, then we've spent probably the last 12 months trying to strengthen that and rebuild that and have a really solid foundation so that we're not relying on new home sales for our company like we've got a diverse field of work that we do but being able to forecast and see what's coming up in the next three months i never did that before it was always just like we had so much on there must be more coming all the time but at one point we had i had a hundred or 50 units on the go plus about another 75 houses all at once and then it just stopped and it was like I had no idea what was coming up six months down the track. Obviously, some jobs came in, but it definitely slowed up massively. Yeah, we took quite a big hit from that. And it sort of made me realize, okay, me being on site every day isn't where I need to be. I need to be out with the builders and really pushing the business itself, not so much pushing the guys to do the work. It's really like you've got to drive the actual business. It does take a fair bit to get your head around it and get used to it. We're speaking with Corey King from SJM Plumbing. If you'd like to learn how you can earn more with a lot less stress, just like Corey, please pick up a free copy of my book, Power Up Your Tradie Business, only pay for shipping. Go to www.powerupyourbusiness.com.au forward slash book and enter the code podcast or lowercase. Yeah, I know at certain times, you know, it's just really challenged you, right? And you get plenty of sleepless nights where, yeah, you've got a thousand things on because you your mindset sort of slips back into that trading mindset where it's the job, job, job. And, and then you're trying then to, in between being busy on the site, you know, you're trying to fit in between all the important tasks, which is just, you can't do that. Yeah. What I want to get back to, which is a real critical 
component there, which is that the main failing of businesses is that you get busy, you get 50 units on the go, you get 75 or 100, whatever it was, houses on the go, you get busy. And that's where the business owner gets focused. They get focused on delivering that and they don't keep focusing on their business development within our sales pipeline process that we work on. You know, you still got to keep the leads coming in, those prospects. You know, they still got to follow up the quotes. You still got to follow up the when it's one because often, like you did, you get through all that amount of work and then you pop your head up and then you go, oh, there's nothing in front of me. What's going on? You just think it's just going to keep on rolling, right? Yeah, yeah. So this comes back to me. What's want listeners to understand? The value is not just to get in there and just get it done. You should be then making sure, which I want to talk to yourself, you know, Corey, about really engaging the team. You've done some great stuff with your team. But, you know, at all times, you've got to have that business head on. As a business owner, business leader, your main priority is looking ahead. You're navigating through the storms, you know, the economies, markets, builders going broke, whatever that may be. You've got to navigate that. You can't see, you can't effectively navigate through the storms if you're stuck on the job, if you're just working on the job. So, and that's that your evolution into that leadership role has been great. Now, one thing I want to touch on too, which you sort of alluded to, where you got great support. Now, I definitely recommend you know, every business, especially if you want to grow and scale, you need that good administration support. You've got Alexis as your backbone. Now, I know that some of the decisions and some of your behaviours have really frustrated the shit out of Alexis, correct? Absolutely. Frustrated the shit out of Alexis, right? You know, Alexis is there ready to help you be your 2IC and make things happen. Yet you think certain things are not important. You think you've still got to, oh, yeah, Alexis doesn't need to know that or Alexis, why are we doing that for? Because you've got to be on the job site, correct? Yeah, you definitely slip back into that mindset and it's like, oh, I've got, to, I've got to put this fire out and then I'll deal with that later. Yeah, you soon learn that it's, it doesn't work. <laughs> and I think you had that, which, look, again, a lot of people do. They really fail to understand the value of that admin person. Would you agree now you've got to be totally aligned? You've got to be on the same page with how the business operates. Too many times, again, you'll employ someone from an admin point of view and then you just sort of treat them like a mushroom, leave them in the corner and just process that data. That's not good enough. That's not talking about being on the same page or having their support. What we're talking about, which is what you're doing, you know, those success habits that we, you know, we really harp on about right within the Power Up program and the coaching is that you – and Alexis need to be collectively together. You know, what's happening with the cash flow forecasting? Agree. What's coming in? What's going to be invoiced? Sales pipeline. Agree. And then that then allows Alexis and yourself to be on the same page to make educated decisions as opposed to what often happens. Again, Alexis, you just do that. I'll go over here and you're disconnected. Again, just from your stress levels coming down and giving you greater confidence, the importance of those, those really key habits of connecting yourself and Alexis. You've really got to work as a team on that side of things and to be able to analyze like your cash flow forecast and your sales pipeline and everything like that, it's it does take both of us to put it all together. Like she does all the books and all of that side of it. And then I sort of back her up with what jobs have been quoted, what jobs have been won, stuff like that, and making sure that everything's in the right spots and then yeah, just so we can we can both understand everything and work together. It makes a massive difference. You have to have someone in your administration to do that. Is You just can't physically do it all yourself. And yet you do have to put a lot of trust into that person and give them 
the reins and say, okay, like, you know, this is going to get sorted. We can work together. You do that side, I'll do this side, and we join it in the middle and everything works really well. For me, like, I have to be in the office at least four days a week for that to happen. If I'm out on site a couple of days a week, it starts to get on top of you a little bit. But, yeah, it's definitely you have to have someone that you can work with in your administration side and that you can just give them the, the full reins as well. And and it helps, like, if you've got a problem, you've got someone to bounce off as well. You're not just sitting there by yourself trying to figure all this out. There's things that I see sometimes on our P&Ls and you'll be reading through it and you're trying to figure it out and you've got someone else there to say, oh, hey, I can see this and you can see there's a bit of a pattern happening here that you might not notice. and yeah, it's like it's really good, and that's where you're doing really well now. And as we go through, especially on that monthly basis, where you're doing really well now, you know, going through the how we're tracking report and and just do a snapshot. You know, obviously in the the last period, you know, the, the period before by having that focus, you know, we've, what we've increased our income turnover by twenty three percent, gross profits increased, but more importantly, we've had a you know, massive increase on our operating profit by about four hundred and seventy percent. Okay, so you know that cash and bank in control. So we've gone from a making a loss. Again, that's the thing. You're working hard. You stress the eyeballs. You're putting in massive hours, but you don't know you're losing money, correct? That's right. Yeah, we were we were flat out, like more staff then than we do now. We were absolutely flat chat. And at the end of the year, yeah, we were behind the eight ball. Yeah, we were making a loss. And then you're trying to piece it all together and thinking like, why is that? Like, how's this? We're just not making any money. It's, it's just it's really frustrating. And then your stress levels are really high, so you don't think clearly. It just all sort of spirals out of control, yeah. And it happens so quickly. It's very hard to turn it around the other way. It takes a lot longer. So. Yeah, definitely. You fall a lot quicker than the rise. And, you, and there's so many times, there's so many stories, especially in our community and on the podcast that we talk about here as well. Like You think you're sweet, you take your eye off the ball, then all of a sudden, oh, shit, I didn't see that coming. How did that happen? It's great, though, now with the processes that you got in play. And this is why I want people to to listen and understand like the success habits that we're talking about, you know, you got to lock in time on a weekly basis with your admin team or whoever your support team is, you know, are we invoiced up to date? Who owes us? Who's got to get paid? What quotes are outstanding? Follow them up, convert it into a win or loss. How many leads have we got there? And then our cash flow, you know, what's coming into our bank this week? What's going out of our bank this week? How are we looking? These are some of the key fundamentals. If you're looking at it from a sporting point of view, these are the stats and the processes that we need to make sure we're making the right call and that we're going to win, right? We want everyone in our community to win, okay? Put enough in, a lot of blood, sweat and tears, you've got to win a business. And to win a business, the only way to do that is to understand the scorecard and the numbers, and that's what you've done really, really well, mate. It's really, really pleasing. On the back of that, then with that support then too, one of the, the key things about enacting that, because that's, as we've identified, within the profit plan, this is or within the how track and report or, or the PL. Yeah, that's where we can identify that potentially productivity was not great. Potentially that, you know, the team were wasting a little bit of time on their ordering now. And that's one thing, you know, how you've been starting to use data and, and share that with the team. Now, one of the things is obviously a Reese Works for You report, which really identified that, hey, the, the team are really going to order at the wrong time. They're probably not being as productive as they could be in terms of, you know, why not ordering online? Again, using the data, using the information that you're starting to get now, by having the better understanding of the numbers, how much better or how what improvements has that made in your direction to the team 
and your decision-making with the team and also more your confidence of, like, no, this is what we're doing. How's that changed? It's been really good because obviously like my three other brothers are partners in the company. So having the data to refer to and to use to say, okay, look, this is where we're sitting at the moment. This is how we're tracking. This is, this is where we're going. This is our profit and loss. It's all there in black and white. It's not just coming from me in just, you know, me just saying whatever I'm saying. It's, it's right there. They can see it. And it's great for me because I, like, I can refer back to it and go, oh, okay, like I can see how we're, how we're going to go in the next month and the next two months. Have we got enough work on? Are we tracking well? Is there, The Reese Works for You reports are amazing. That was a huge eye-opener for me. And it's really good because then as you start to turn the corner and with the ordering and stuff like that, you can then show them the improvements on the data. And then they sort of see, oh, okay, like there's actually something tangible that you can see it changing. If you don't know those numbers, you're just sort of guessing. And it's I always had a pretty good grasp of where we were at, but I never went into the numbers as much as I do now. Yeah, it just it's so much easier and less stressful that I understand the numbers because prior to that, because I didn't really fully understand everything that was in there and I couldn't read it and forecast it and see it, it was, I just get really stressed out and frustrated with it. So then you put it on the back burner and you go do something else and you always choose that path of least resistance, as you always say. So, <laughs> But it does take time. It's, it's something that has taken time and it's pretty daunting to start with, but you've just got to keep working through it. And every day it's just, yeah, like we touch base on our numbers I would say nearly on a daily basis, but like cash flow, probably at least twice a week, we, we have probably a 20 minute to half an hour meeting. So you're working through that, our 13 week cash flow forecast within the cube? Yeah. So we go through that at the start of the week, usually at the end of the week. So normally on a Monday and then on a Thursday or a Friday. And then in between that, there's the sales pipeline, which we, uh, Alexis, updates most of that stuff she puts a lot of that in the data in and then we sort of talk with each other as to what jobs have been approved what hasn't are they in the right spots is yeah what's coming up and i give her the time schedules on those quotes so we can forecast is it going to be so much in this month so much in next month some of our jobs carry over for six months or eight months so and you can plan your capacity around that as well yeah and it's been really good because I, I sort of I can see okay well that job's going to carry us through for six months but there might be a month there where it's quiet and we might only have a couple of jobs but so it's like okay well I need to fill in and we need to really hustle for that month like we found looking back at our data August is a not a very good month for us which I sort of never really realized until we sort of looked back and so now we can focus this year on making sure that August is a better month and like look at what comes in, look at our expenses and stuff like that and make sure that we've got the workload and the right jobs to to carry it through so that we don't take a, a huge hit in August. And you did well this year, didn't you? Like this August, you navigated through that really well, proactively managed that. Yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. Yep. 
it's only because we can we look at the numbers and we've got the good data there now to read off that we do that like yeah prior to that we you sort of mentioned before like and this is where most business owners do it when i when i talk to them i say look you know what's your operating percentage or you know what are some key uh, metrics and they can't specifically tell me they go oh no i've got a good feel for it though we're doing okay no we're, we're okay you know we're doing all right so that's just a warning flag for me right that you just you don't really know you're guessing sometimes you might be right but at the end of the day you're not in full control of the wheel and what i wanted to really clarify is a lot of business owners with their decision making they lack their confidence in making a clear decision whether it be hiring someone firing someone firing a client or whatever decision they need to make with pricing they struggle, they stumble, and they feel a bit sick in the guts because they don't really know the numbers. Whereas now, and this is one of the key things that you've done really well, mate, that's a credit to you, is to assist you and all your brothers to get aligned on the same page. You're using the data to provide, well, there's the story. There's the numbers. There's the data. That's the facts, okay? That's remove the emotion or perception or whatever you're thinking out of it. There's the facts. As you mentioned, you're really using the data to back up the story that your brothers potentially, if you didn't have the facts there, you know, they may have pushed back, correct? They go, Corey, come on, mate. We're not doing that. Agree? But now you've got the facts there. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah, like the, and the Reese Works for you was a big one for that. So we realized that a lot of the guys were doing their ordering and then they would go to Reese on the way to the job. And then we were finding our overtime was like the guys would always be working until five o'clock at night. We always have a massive overtime bill at the end of every month. It was always a huge problem that we've been working on for oh, 18 months to try and reduce it. And sort of at the start, you look at it and you think, oh, it must just be because we've just got so much on and you know we're trying to get through all the work. But when we sort of had a look at the Reese Works View data, the guys were going to Reese on the way to the job, but our highest ordering was around between the six and seven o'clock in the morning mark so that in turn they spend half an hour there then they go to the job so they're not getting to site till eight o'clock eight thirty then they unpack their tools and the, the productivity and the flow of the day is slowed down at the start and sort of your most productive part of your day is generally in the morning and they were spending too much time ordering the gear before they were even getting set up. So the last sort of three to six months, we've been really focusing on preparation of the work and making sure that the orders are, are in before that six o'clock, ordering a day ahead or two days ahead for a job. And it actually frees up your time in the morning so that you can go to the job and, and spend less time at Reese. I mean, Reese love having you there at seven o'clock, but it's not a productive thing to do to pee in the store at seven o'clock in the morning. No, not when everyone else is there and everyone else is there just sort of scrambling over everyone. Yeah, and that is their peak time. It's ridiculous. You go in their peak time, you know, you're going to be kicking stones. But this is the whole thing about being that that day before, getting the order in to reach the day before, okay? Yeah. You know, like for everyone, just for 15 bucks, whatever the ordering is, just back that into your price. It's a lot cheaper to get it delivered than it is to stop what you're doing, go there, pick it up, then come back. It's just ridiculous, right? So, and this is that thing, using the data, understanding to change behavior. And unless you know what you're looking at in the, this is where a lot of most people don't know what they're looking at in the numbers, and that's understandable. But a lot of people don't want to get uncomfortable. Like you mentioned, you have a lot of people go, well, I've got a choice. I'm going to spend the day looking at cash flow and my numbers and productivity and, and profitability, or I'm going to spend the day on the job site. What do they do? 
they don't want to get uncomfortable. And that's, again, credit to you getting really uncomfortable. How have you been getting out of your comfort zone and really getting in your degree, right, I've pushed you hard, I'm going to keep pushing you hard so that you don't fall back in that comfort zone? How are some of those moments where you've felt really uncomfortable, especially with Alexis at you as well? So you're copying from both angles. I'm coming from one angle and Alexis coming from another angle. How does that make you feel at certain times? It's tough because it's it's something I'm, I've never sort of had to encounter as well. And it's, yeah, I've got to really look back at myself and go, I have to assess what I'm doing and is it the most efficient and valuable part of the business. Like, And I even think sometimes when I'm out on site and now like if, if I go out on site for a site meeting and the builder's rocks up half an hour late, I'm sort of sitting there going, come on, like I've got to, I've got to get back to the office. I've got things to do. Like my time's important. Whereas before it'd kind of be like, oh, you know, they'll show up soon. We'll just, we'll just hang out here. And it's something you have to work on every day. It's, but it is difficult. Yeah. But it is good. It's, it's, it's what I needed to, to get that to happen and, and to be pushed. I, I don't mind being pushed. So that realization of where your value is and where you where it lies in the organization. And it's about, you're also realizing how your time is important. And that's, as we always say, you know, if, there, if you've got a Mr. Creature client, a D-class client that doesn't respect your time, then you know, you're not going to build a long-term relationship with those people because they don't respect you. And that's the thing. When you understand about time and value, and remember, we don't want to do overtime. We don't want to work long hours. We want to fit that whole less is more mentality. I'm only working eight hours, so that means I'm going to focus on the important things. And don't waste my time. This is how we roll, and you've done a really good job with building that culture into your organisation. The the thing before we finish up, I really want to tap into to get your brothers on board and your team on board and change the the direction and the overall culture in our terms, the way we do it here and the rules of your game. Just to explain a little bit about the circle of influence workshop or the the key investment you made in you know, having a, a full day get together with your team, you know, having Alexis there as well, presenting as well, so it wasn't just you, having videos in there, and you did a great job you know, with PowerPoint presentation, made it very, very professional to really set the scene. And it was a bit of a relaunch, wasn't it? It was really like, okay, here you go, guys. Here we go. This is a bit of a relaunch. This is who we are. This is how we go about things. You know, Using that to get your team to buy in. Leading into it, how was your thoughts about, oh, shit, I've got to invest in this and get planned and prepped for the day, all right, number one. Number two, then delivering it, you know, being presenting, and, and as I was getting you out of your comfort zone, bringing your A game to presenting, so number two. And then the outcome of that. So number one, a bit of the trepidation of getting it set up, then delivering it, and then some of the outcomes. So just take us through those sort of three points. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty daunting. We wanted to make it sort of, yeah, like you said, a launch and a, a next sort of something that the guys hadn't experienced before. But for me, it was pretty daunting because I was like, I've got to stand up in front of everybody and sort of present all this. Alexis spent a huge amount of time putting it together and like we sort of prepared, spent a couple of weeks preparing it. We hired a boardroom, made it very professional. We sort of went through some things and sort of made it, the guys really sort of bought into it because I think they could see that we were really serious. Other staff meetings that we've had, it's sort of, you know, they just expect to get told off and, you know, we wanted to make this one a bit more of an inspiration and get them sort of involved in the company, not just, you're not just a, you don't just work for us, like you are part of the business and a pretty key part because 
we sort of believe that your staff are your staff are your company. Like they're you're only as good as your weakest link. So the reaction from everybody was really good. We went through the circle of influence and we did a bit of a workshop where I just got all the guys to write on the board and said basically like, you know, where do you want to go? Where do you want to where do you want to be in twelve months or eighteen months? What do you want to present? How do you want to move forward? It's not just just what I want, it's what everybody wants. And if we can do it all collectively. So yeah, we did that and that was really good because everybody had a bit of input and everybody was involved. The outcome from that was well, it shows in the the proof is in the PLs at the end of the at the end of the quarter. Yeah, the attitudes of the guys has been really good. I have less phone calls than I used to have. They sort of take things on board themselves and go that little bit extra. I sort of explain to them as well, like, you know, if it's no good us with all this going to race in the mornings and doing all this overtime. So, you know, I'd rather pay you a better hourly rate, but you work less would be the ultimate goal. Like that's where we want to get to. And they were sort of really surprised. Yeah, it's not just a a grinding factory where we just come and, you know, you just work, work, work and profits go out there into the pocket of the the owners. We've invested all back into the company. It's definitely showing like, yeah, where we are now to where we are two or three years ago, it's been a massive change. And I can sort of see it moving forward to where we want to go, which is it's exciting. Yeah, sort of two, three years ago, it was kind of like, oh, if it's going to be like this forever, it's, you know, <laughs> I don't know how long I can do this for. Yeah, it's sort of, yeah, you just get so snowed down. It's not a nice lifestyle. And that's that, you know, again, that credit to you making the change and going through this process. But getting that team engaged, you've done really well because there was, a, especially in the last six months and probably the last three years, right? Like there's been that where the team would look up to you, right? They, they definitely respect you. So they always used to come to you for advice or come to you to, to make the decision, right? And that was one of the, the key strategies of working through here is as part of this workshop, getting the circle of influence. Is that you allow your team to own it, allow your team to create it, allow your team to buy into it and give them full accountability. Don't call me, make a decision. If it doesn't work to plan, no worries, let's learn from it and go again. Because then again, that's that thing where you're value is not being a fire chief, right? Your value is not there answering the phones all the time. That's not where your value lies. Your value lies in investing the time, energy, and money to create a full-day program, getting your team off-site to buy in there. Because that one day, right, that one day off the tools may cost you $10,000, right? Maybe $15,000 to get the boys off-site, everything like that, hire the boardroom. What most business owners their reaction to that is that's costing a lot. And this is what I want people to understand. Trading mindset, that's too expensive. Business performance mindset, you know that that's an investment because that $15,000 investment in, you know, hey, we're not making any sales, lost productivity on that day. That's where too many people focus on rather than you're thinking, I'm going to invest 15 grand that could potentially make me $150,000 on the bottom line. This is profit I'm talking about, people, not sales. So, and that's, what you mentioned, the proof is in the in the bottom line, the performance, where we're just getting a massive spike on the bottom line. Why? Because actually you're engaging the team. They're engaged. You're building up them to really connect with the organization. They've got to say in the values and the behaviors. And that's a massive shift from just being, as you sort of sort of alluded to, being just a sweat house where you just come in, you're a number, 
and then go. Whereas like, no, you're a valued individual. We want you to grow within the organization. And you've done that really well. And and obviously having Alexis there to help drive that as well and dot the I's and cross the T's in terms of professionalism has been great. And and that's and that's a credit, again, a credit to you. But as as we know and as we discuss, you know, as we continue to discuss, it's a it's an ongoing program, right? And you don't just do that once and expect, okay, it's all going to be rosy. You've got to keep going back and reinforcing it, correct? That's right, yeah. So so we've now implemented, we do one of those meetings every three months. So at the end of every quarter, we'll have a big boardroom meeting with everybody and we'll go through all that key stuff about the business and how we're tracking and all of that sort of things, any major changes to the company. And then in between those, we have our, our normal smaller site meetings and stuff like that. And to start with, I was kind of, I thought, okay, this, this is really expensive to pull the guys off site for the day. We've got to block out the schedule. So we've got to make sure actively to the builders, we don't book, in, book any work in for that day. At the same time, I sort of looked at it as, okay, we've got to invest this money to get more out of everybody and, and create that culture of it's more than just a job. Yeah, you're not just here for your to grind it out for eight, 10 hours a day. Like we want you to be more involved. So we're doing those every three months. And like we had our second one a week or two ago about for the last quarter. And it was really good because then we had stuff to refer back to from the first meeting. So we had ResWorks for you data that we could go back to and show the guys the progression that they've made. And we had like a 10 or 20% increase in our online ordering which effectively meant we spent a hell of a lot less time at race on site. I sort of explained to them, if you looked at each time you go to race, if you think about it, it's an hour and say that costs you a hundred bucks. If you go to race, we had about it. One of them was 800 times a year. It's a hell of a lot of money just sitting at race, just to do an order. So now we're progressing to the online ordering using Max, having everything prepared less time at race, more time on site, less overtime. It's sort of the the structure and the goal. The guys really enjoyed it. And then after the meeting, we can go through all that gear, clean it all up, sort all that stuff out. The guys get a, a day of off the normal sort of – they're still working, but it's just a different sort of day. Yeah, and it, it's made, it makes a huge difference. It's Yeah, you really have to look at it as you're not spending that money, you're investing that money. So. It's something that just has to be done to get to that next level. Well, so essentially, and this is where, by that investment here, and this is the key change, is that one of the reasons why yeah, previously cash flow-wise and not making money was the two reasons there, right? Overtime was a killer and spending time at Reese was a killer, right? Which is obviously, you know, they're too connected. But they were two big line items. When you look at your wage costs, it was way, way too high. And to make a change in an organisation, to get people to change their behaviors, just to tell them and just trying to say, come on, you've got to change this and change this, most of the time will blow off. They won't make a change. That's right, yeah. So this is a credit to you is that you know, the business was not performing well, but then you still knew you needed to invest in it. By you investing in it, they automatically change really quickly, which potentially without putting the data, having them off-site, getting them to buy in, that might have taken a 12 months to change or longer or maybe never to change. What you've done, you've been able to change it, turn it around pretty much within that three-month period really quickly, and you've seen that impact on the bottom line. You've already got the return on that investment. 
That's right. Yeah. It's great when you see like you're in the meeting and you're showing the guys the data because obviously I've already gone over all the data and then you show them and you see them see it and go, oh, wow, like like the Reese stuff was, it blew them away. They couldn't believe it. And instantly they were like, oh, we're going to have to change the way we do it. And it gives them a goal. Like the last meeting, it was like, oh, okay. Like I said to the guys, you know, we need to have 80%. Like I want to order online 80% and then 20% in store. At the moment, it's, it's about 55 to 60 to 40. So it's a fairly big increase, but with preparation and stuff, and it gives them a target, which is, yeah, it gives them something to work for. And then when you get to that target and you show them, they think, oh, things are changing. Yeah, this is different. Like we're, this is different to what we normally do. And they start to see the results, but it's something you've got to continually just keep checking in and yeah. making sure that keeping it rolling sort of thing. Well, this just becomes part of the success habits, right? It's just that it just becomes your regular rhythm. This is just part of how we operate here. And it's a credit to you. This is where, look, a lot of business owners out there listening to this, they're thinking, oh, there's no way I'm going to give my team some data and information, too much information. I'll just tell everyone that the organizations that, you know, such as what you've done, Corey, that you're more transparent, you're more open, you're letting people see some of the numbers, you're seeing that by their performance or their decision-making, what impacts that makes to the business and the cash flow. When you do that, you know what? Your team want to know that. The right team members want to know that. And too often, business owners go, oh, my team don't need to know that or they don't want to know that. They need to know that. Okay, we're human beings. We turn up we work hard all day, what's the outcomes? Okay, give us some feedback, okay? And I think, again, credit to you, that's a really big shift too, getting out of your comfort zone too, is getting, giving more information, more data, and then you presenting it. And look, you've done really well. And your journey, mate, like to credit to you just to finish up, obviously over the last you know, four years into that MD role, also the complexity you know, with your brothers on board as well, you know, you're really building a, a great unit. And obviously with Alexis in the background there, really driving the admin. You've got the good team, you know, that premiership winning team, as we call it, to move into the future. So, and just, is there any budding business owners, entrepreneurs out there? What's the one takeaway that you'd, especially now on your journey, you'd sort of, as a tip to tell people to, to focus on and do more of? Definitely get uncomfortable with your business. Dive into the stuff that, yeah, get to know your numbers. Really sort of push that because that does drive your business. It's not so much just delivering the product the better you get with it the more confident you get with it when you go into a say if you've got to go into a a bigger job and you're trying to win it if you know your numbers and you know where you're at you have a bit more power to negotiate if somebody's trying to screw down on price or if you know where your bottom line is and you know where your margins are then you can push back and sometimes yeah it's They'll respect that, that they'll understand that, okay, well, this this person, this company's professional. They know what they're talking about. They necessarily might not be the cheapest, but, yeah, it's sort of they'll want to work with you instead of somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about. You know, it makes a big difference. And that just comes back because, you know, the numbers, you've got confidence there and you're confident in the meeting. No, we're not dropping our price and we're not doing that. No, this is this is what we do. So, yeah, you come across as that professionalism that, you know what you're doing, you know your numbers, and you're not just trying to guess. Or, you know, some people you're not trying to take the piss and say, oh, yeah, no, I'll knock a thousand bucks off that, or, you know, off the top of your head. It's like, well, 
client's going to go then, well, if you can automatically knock $1,000 off you, are you trying to rip me off from the start? Something's, yeah, that's right. Red flags get raised. Yeah. Yep. No, nah, look, credit to you, mate, and the team and your brothers. And obviously, it's been a difficult four-year period, correct, with your father. And just that alone is difficult to attend to and, and deal with. And then with your brothers in there as well, it's, uh, it's great that you have what you've done to date. And I'm really looking forward to the next and assisting on that next 12, 18 months of, of where we can take the business. We're really looking forward to it. And I think we're at a point where, yeah, you can start to see things opening up, opportunities uh, coming in every day. And it's just, yeah, gets you a bit excited about it. Your dream is actually possible. No, that's cool. And that's, that's our thing about power up your business, right? It's just like, hey, let's just make it. Let's put it out there. And what we're trying to do is it, often your dream, you might think it's five years or 10 years away, but we want to bring it forward to you know, three years, bring it forward. You know, you're working intelligently. So thanks for sharing your story, Cora. And I'm sure everyone out there will be plenty of great takeaways to put into their day-to-day and their process and into their business. So much appreciated, mate. Thanks, mate. That was yeah, great to talk with you. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thanks a lot. You're here to change your life. Because there's too much on the line, you're sacrificing shitload now and your family need to benefit. You've got to make learning a passion for yourself. The clicker for me, come and realise that, hey, I've got to get better at business.